1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now,
2: Now. this
1: is Cork Today with Patricia Messenger On the home of Cork's Greatest Hits. Cork's Greatest Hits. Cork's, Cork's, Cork's Greatest Hits. See
3: 101. And a very good Wednesday morning to you. It's all about the budget today and we're looking forward uh, to your thoughts and comments on the budget. Uh, I hope you're not budgeted out at this uh, stage. I can already see uh, we're getting a number of texts and calls in from people. The one that seems to be getting people most exercised uh, today are people who are working in the tourism industry and these are the people who are most going to be affected by the changes that were made yesterday. To the VAT rate, the tourism VAT rate uh, rising to thirteen point five percent from the first of January uh, next. Government say it'll bring in about four hundred and sixty six million euro. But uh, a number of small businesses and I think in tourism, rural tourism areas, they are the ones most affected. I mean the larger hotels, they'll be able to absorb the increase between nine percent and thirteen and a half percent, but a small business will find it very, very hard to absorb four and a half percent increase in that, uh, so we will be looking at that in more detail on the programme this morning but it does seem to be the one that's getting people most uh, exercised this morning. We do know there's money being put away for a rainy day fund £1.5 uh, billion. Is that a good move? Government also saying that that's going to be topped up every year by a half a million from the exchequer. I mean if things go wrong and they could go wrong, they've gone wrong in the past, will it be nice to know that there's money away, kind of a little bit of a slush fund for the rainy day uh, fund housing It was a lot about housing yesterday, €2.3 billion euro to be spent on a housing programme. How does that break down? They reckon it will deliver 10,000 new social housing. £121 million is going to the HAP scheme and that's, I suppose, the, a bit of criticism there. People will say that's just directly going to uh, landlords if you're a smoker. This was expected. Bad news as in from midnight last night. Pack of cigarettes going up by uh, 50 cents. I suppose all the more reason if you've been trying to kick the habit. Maybe this is the 50 cent that will push you over the edge and make you finally give them up. Social welfare, again, as was expected, five euro a week increase on all social welfare payments. We will talk about older people a little bit later on and how they came out of the bu- the budget they'll get their their fiver along with all of the other social welfare payments Christmas bonus uh, is in there already I know there's already a text in from somebody saying Patricia did the government sort out all of the people that had their pensions cut in the recession and it affected mostly women this was the changes to the way Uh, you got calculated how your social insurance payments got calculated for your state pension it came in in 2012 and the caller was right it was mostly mostly women that were affected they got a reduced state pension I mentioned it yesterday because certainly newspaper reports and anything I was reading up online over the weekend was indicating there's about 65,000 pensioners that number is rising every uh, year who are on a lesser state pension because they took time out to look after their families, it did look that that was going to get sorted out. Everything was indicating that there was going to be some announcement made yesterday, but there certainly wasn 't i couldn 't find anything on it at all we 'll have age action on a little bit later, so we 'll ask them what exactly happened and because the indications was that there was going to be a change, and there was even talks of of a payback of some of the money being backdated for those pensions as the caller is right, mainly women. So we'll talk more about that. Lone parents got an increase uh, yesterday. There was an increase in the qualified child payments Uh, it um, went it was a €2.20 per week for under 12 and €5.20 extra for over 12 back to school clothing and footwear allowance that helps out a lot of families who are struggling that's gone up by €25 from next year extra 2 weeks for parental leave for all parents child care 900 million extra to go to child care supports now i would be interested to hear from any parents listening who's crippled paying high child care costs i don't know what that 90 million extra is going to do for the the people who are were both Cup. both parents have to go out to work they have really no choice because they've got a huge mortgage and yet they're being crippled the actual childcare cost is almost like an additional mortgage but some parents have no choice they need the two wages uh, coming in there was some good news when it comes to education 1,300 additional posts in school that certainly is uh, some good news with um, special needs assistance almost a 1,000 extra are to be recruited there corporation tax people were saying would that change they're adamant that that's not going to change. It's going to stay at 12.5%. Health. Again, when it comes to the health budget, though, we seem to throw money at health, don't we? We just, every single year, more and more money is put into the health budget. And yet, a programme like this and other radio programmes like, like, like this one would we'll hear from people on waiting lists. We'll talk with people that are going on the cataract bus. They feel they have to get on a bus in West Cork and travel all the way up north. So I don't know when we constantly put money into health, is it just never seems to be the answer. We never seem to sort out our health system. Anyway, an extra €84 million Euro will go into uh, health. While we mentioned the tourism sector and the increase in the VAT uh, rate, while that's the bad news for the tourism sector, there is... Uh, quite a sizable investment uh, into tourism 35 million euro which includes 4.5 million for regional incentives and it was good to hear one of the regional incentives was one of our own was mentioned the wild uh, Atlantic Way betting tax that's going up from 1 to 2% again no real surprise uh, there uh, but I suppose another one that was a little bit of a surprise some people would see it as good news others see it as disastrous news and that was the carbon tax was left unto I mean, we'd Mary Robinson coming out just the day before the budget, admitting that she's become a vegetarian, trying to do her bit for climate change and encouraging others to look at vegetarianism uh, and everything that was being said from her from the un was pointing to we need to do something in this country about our carbon emissions so you were thinking uh this is all the more reason that a carbon tax is certainly going to go up and then no nothing on the carbon tax as i say, there was mixed uh, reaction to that so your thoughts and comments welcomed throughout the morning uh, please somebody already has been on saying the 5 euro a week social uh, social welfare increase that I will get well the council will probably come and raise the rents that's exactly what they did this time last year I'm still living on the very same amount of money that I have been for the last two years I'm on a disability allowance I got my extra 5 euro last year but it coincided in the weeks ahead with a rent increase from the council of 5 euro so I came out with absolute nothing. A query thank you for that text, another text in a query, the free GP visit cards, I'll be 70 in December, I'm a retired civil servant and I'm on a state pension, am I entitled to the free GP visit card in December I know there was an increase put into, actually I have the Minister for Older People coming on, he may be able to answer that question, I know the health budget was increased uh, by 1.2 billion, which is to give an extra 100,000 more people a free GP card so we can take a look at that and I know different rules and regulations um, when you are over 70 so we'll try and get that one checked for you so hang in there with us and Michael says Patricia in the overall picture Minister Pascal Donoghue spent a good bit of money but as always not enough to satisfy everyone in general things look okay but it's a big but if things outside our control start to go wrong then have no doubt But the mire will hit the fan. There is serious doubt brewing in Italy, for example, that they could play havoc with the euro and interest rates. Hence the cost of our 32 billion euro debt to roll over just to keep things uh, going, not borrowing. Brexit is unknown territory. Trade wars in the USA. Look at the Ford Motor Company in the US of A. It reportedly is expected to lay off between 24,000 and 70,000 employees as Trump's tariff has cost the company one billion dollars. So on the cautious side of things we have to be alert. We just cannot get everything we want. The elderly had a very good budget this time round. I think Pascal Donoghue explained the budget reasons very very well last night to the general public on TV. We are going into a very uncertain period but some people don't want to admit that. At budget time you'll always find so much bitterness and bile that is Really poisoning our politics. We should unite rather than divide. Thank you, units, for Michael on WhatsApp.
1: You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed
3: we do have more of those vouchers to give away the Danos Centre gift voucher worth 100 euro and a 50 euro Danos Maxol gift voucher to give away we'll do that a little bit later on on the shopping list well same mechanic I'll be calling up the shopping list and you've got 30 seconds to try to remember as many of the items on my shopping list for today and your chance to win as we celebrate with Danos Centre and Maxol Spa Glen Mallow they are celebrating 30 years serving the community and it is Wednesday don't forget Peter Dowdell will join us in the final hour of the programme if you have a gardening question 1850 333 103. and I've just been told there's been a two vehicle collision on the N71 on the Clonakilty Road in Bandon. It's near the Bandon Rugby Club. Now emergency services are at the scene but if you can avoid that area at the moment while well, that two vehicle collision is getting sorted out uh, near Bandon Rugby Club. Now the government had promised that Budget 2019 will put money back in people's pockets with the number of well-flagged provisions. With his views on what Pascal who announced yesterday, I'm joined by the Minister for Mental Health and Older People, uh, Jim Daly. Good morning to you, Jim. Good
4: morning, Patricia.
3: Uh, and you're welcome to the programme, I suppose. Let's start with uh, mental health. The total budget uh, increased by €84 million, euro, bringing the mental health budget for 2019 to €1 billion. Euro. What difference would that money make on the ground?
4: It will make a lot of difference because I have a lot of ambition for reform and real changes. I want to modernise the services. I want to introduce tele-services, tele-psychology, tele-psychiatry. I want to have a single access point for all mental health services. Currently in the country, there's over 1,050 different organisations providing mental health services that are funded by the HSE. But as as I've discussed with you before on the show, it's very difficult to know who to call and and who does what. So we have got to put together for the first time in the history of the state, put together the directory of services that are there, and we will have a single access point that's going live today on the internet where people can log on to yourmentalhealth.ie and actually see what services are in their area, get the phone numbers for them and get the online services. And the phone line will be ready in another hopefully two to three months. We'll have the phone line up and running as well to support that, and we'll also have a, a crisis, a digital crisis. A text number, which young people like to use, I also, which I think is probably one of the more interesting and innovative things that I hope to do post this budget, is to actually give some of this this millions of euro for new mental health initiatives out to sporting bodies and community organisations like, you know, different youth clubs and youth organisations that are actually doing great work in the area of mental health and that I can support them financially so we, I hope to have in in a few months' time, have up and running a scheme where these clubs, organisations that work with young people can apply to me for funding for specific Uh, resources in mental health area and that's a new departure I suppose here before everything has been kind of delivered Uh, You know, these voluntary organisations have been doing very good work, but the actual sporting bodies and youth clubs haven't been able to access any funding for mental health initiatives and resilience among young people.
3: And and I don't think we've ever spent uh, a billion euro a year on mental health uh, before. I mean, mental health, it's often been referred to as the Cinderella of the health service. It was underfunded by, you know, a number of previous governments. So are you just playing catch up?
4: No, I think by any independent observation, I mean, you know, three or four short years ago, it was about 700 million was being spent on mental health. Now it's kind of over a billion, so that's 300 million of an increase. That's a very, very significant increase. It has increased by 90 million since I've become minister uh, for new developments. It has increased probably by 150 million overall, but 90 million just for brand new initiatives, for new developments, new ways of doing things. And that's But will it
3: I mean, I mean. allow people access to services when they need them?
4: They will, and uh, the two things that I keep driving is access in a single point of access to refer you appropriately, that not everybody, you know, not every young person needs to go to CAMS that's a specialist service headed up by a consultant psychiatrist. There's lots of young people with anxiety and and lower level issues that need, but they are tinned to just, CAMS tends to be the, the, the buzzword for everybody to go to. So there are services there that are underutilized that we can better utilize if we can more appropriately refer people to them. We also want to do more proactive stuff which is building resilience among young people. I, I compare it a bit like to the, the flu vaccine and the herd immunisation. If we can build more resilience through schools, we can be more proactive and prevent people having, you know, serious episodes of psychiatric illness later in life if we give them the, the more resilience and more tools to equip with mental health issues and get early intervention. I'm very, very big and strong on that on early intervention within the community. So if we have to list the services, appropriately refer people to them, and also imply the use of technology, such as is video conferencing so that, you know, you can deliver from Castleton Bear to CUH. Maybe it's not necessary for somebody with a mental health issue to travel all the way to CUH to see a consultant psychiatrist or for that consultant psychiatrist to travel all the way down to Castleton Bear. We can use video technology that will connect them in an instant.
3: Yeah, the technology is there. Uh, absolutely. It's there and
4: it's not being used. And it's then, Jim,
3: the, I mean, the overall health budget for next year, um, 17 billion, highest level ever spent on health in the, in the history of the state. We have, some of, well, we have some of the longest waiting lists. We seem to pour money into the health service, but we never seem to be able to get it right.
4: Yeah, look, I suppose that cha- that charge is very understandable where it's coming from, but we have for the first time ever a real, genuine plan to shift away from the reactive model of, of healthcare. And politics hasn't been very beneficial to healthcare ever, really, to be honest, because it has it has in, encouraged that reactive nature. But now it's long to care. There's a very clear, politically agreed ten-year plan to be more proactive to move things out into the community. Like uh, you know, and your listeners will be aware of what we've done in Clonakilty, for example. There's fourteen step-down transitional care beds there in Clonacilty. So that's freeing up 14 beds in CUH every single day of the year. And the families that have come down there from all parts of Cork County are blown away by the care and the service they get in Clonacilty. They're only in there for a week or two or three to recover, post-surgery to recover where traditionally they would have been left in CUH for that recovery. But that isn't necessary and the the wards in Clonacilty are being done up at the moment and renovated. There will be a new dedicated ward there for it. These are the kind of initiatives that where you will bring step-down transitional Care into the community hospital where you have wonderful nursing staff and care staff, and you free up 14 beds in CUH in every day of the year. Well, if you replicate that, the linton breadth of the country to community hospitals, if you did 10 more of that, you'd have 140 beds freed up in the acute system. That would be 140 And Is people that part of the trolleys. plan? Is that That's part? Very much, very, yeah. very much and part of the initiative I'm driving, we've done it in Clonacilty, we've done it really, really well uh, and as I say, thanks to the HSE, now they're, they're doing up the ward for us, they're a dedicated ward for transitional care beds, I want that to be rolled out and I'm getting great traction from the HSE and from my colleague Simon Harris to get that rolled out, the lint and bread of the country, because on any one day you might have three or 400 people on a trolley, why are they on a trolley? Because they can't get into the system, so we need to get people out of the system at the other end for too beds. long, we've been, we've been focusing on people not being able to get in, but we haven't been focusing on people why aren't they getting out quickly enough?
3: okay let's move from mental health to your other responsibility which is older people five euro a week on the pension full christmas bonus has been restored uh, 50 cent off the prescriptions charges uh, for over, over 70s are you happy with what you achieved for older people yesterday
4: i am i mean can i can i put it in context and i know nobody wants to hear about the past but uh, you know sometimes it's important that we realize where we're coming from i mean i i'm in in national politics for seven years and when I came into national politics seven years ago, the first budget I was done there there was a gap of 18.7 billion euro in the income and expenditure of the state and we forget that, the seven short years ago, thanks to the, the work of the people, this, the endurance of the people the, what people suffered in that period that is now zero for the first time uh, since so that we have actually managed to bridge the amount of income and expenditure and that has been like very traumatic on people very, very difficult for people to accept. So then, any improvements that we're trying to and give people back has to be small, has to be appropriate. But I think this budget has gone. I mean, as somebody said yesterday, the five euro a week increase you could der- deride it and say it's very minor. But like, it, there's no working person getting that five euro an increase a week. So you know, and there's a lot, a lot of people reliant on state benefits. Every single one of them will improve by five euro a week. That's sustainable. It's not the kind of you know big headline stuff that they all get thirty euro a week. You know, that's not sustainable. We're not in. That space and I don't think we will be for quite some time and we have to be real with what we can do with people. We have to be respectful of the overall financial picture and as I say, seven years ago, a gap of 18.7 billion euros a tiny country like this, that has been bridged over seven successive responsible budgets and we're now at a place where we're steady as she goes and we have to be prudent. But older people there is a recognition of the contribution older people have made to society and we are very anxious to restore their conditions as best we can and to improve their conditions and to continue to invest in the key things that affect older people, which is like you you've had a listener there inquiring about the over seventies um
3: Medical card, yeah. Yeah, a reti- yeah. A retired civil servant on a state pension—will uh, she be entitled to a free GP visit card in December?
4: Yes, she will. Yeah, uh, over seventies is not means tested. Under seventies is means tested, and we increased the threshold for under seventies in this budget by twenty-five euro a week. They're allowed an extra twenty-five euro a week before um, to be eligible to apply. So that's you know helping to the poorest of people to access GP care free rather than kind of targeted at a certain sector of society we're actually doing it very much on, on funding you know and, and so that so I suppose on that basis we have to um, we have no chance your your the constituents query there yes is the answer over 70s. It's not incomes are means tested, and under 70s, there's an improvement in the eligibility criteria for them. Okay,
3: the Independent Alliance Granny Flat grant to partition the family home are you sure? uh, running on, on a pilot basis with. Um,
4: okay, Patricia, sorry, I'm going to have to go. Well, you have you. to go. I sorry, I've just realised the time. Okay, okay. Here. We'll, yeah, talk we'll talk so again. We'll talk again, but thank you for that.
3: All right, thanks time. for that. Uh, and my apologies, I completely lost track of uh, time. Uh, he, do, he, he has to be away for. For 25 to 10. Okay, that was the uh, Minister for uh, Mental Health and Older People, Jim Daly, outlining uh, what he sees as uh, not a bad budget when it comes to older people and and, on mental health. Actually, it's interesting on the mental health, uh, Barry says, uh, we need more staff on the ground to deal with mental health. Dealing with somebody via Skype on your iPad is questionable and it's one of the things that Jim Daly has been talking about for quite some time. Uh, He was saying like teleconferencing Uh, and I do think teleconferencing can work in for certain aspects of the health service I, I yeah mental health maybe at times if somebody needs to talk to somebody if you're doing it over a screen but I suppose it would depend on the level of uh, the mental health what you know what's space the person was in how acute the phase of the mental health crisis uh, was uh, but it is something I know Jim Daly has been pushing about for some time but Barry uh, absolutely questions uh, it. Uh, Jim Daly um, says a listener is great today but believe me this time next year we'll still have an even longer waiting list in our hospitals uh, he is just talking bull. Uh, Eighteen fifty-three-three-three-one-zero-three lines
1: open Cork Today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103.
3: We're continuing to analyse yesterday's budget and to get the views of the opposition. I'm joined by Cork East uh, Doll Deputy Sean Sherlock. Good morning to you, Sean. Good morning, Patricia. Now, Sean, in in your job uh, as a member of the opposition, it is to pick holes in the budget, but let's start by trying to be positive. Was there anything about yesterday's budget that you would say, yes, that was good?
5: Uh, oh yes, there are good things, and invariably in most budgets, you know, there are good things. So, for instance, the you know the increases in the back to school clothing and footwear allowance is a good thing. You know, the earning what you call the earning disregard for the working loan parents. You know, by you know from tw- by twenty euros, that's a good thing. These are all small incremental measures that you know help people. You know, the additional week of the fuel allowance. And there's other issues then around, we'll say the job seekers benefit for self-employed people, especially for, you know, sole traders, low paid, offering services, you know, who would have maybe high costs in relation to accountancy and other such costs. You know, that's a good thing in terms of if they get sick, you know, that they'll be able to draw from social insurance fund. You know, the national minimum wage increases. To nine eighty, that's a good thing, and you know things like the restoration or the full restoration of the Christmas bonus, and you'd have to welcome the five euro increase then across the board. We'd say for, for pensioners and job seekers, carers, and people with disabilities, for instance. So, you know, but well, people that, are always formidable.
3: very people are always very critical of of why that increase doesn't come in until next March.
5: Indeed, and I, I, look, it's, 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 you announce it, you try to get the maximum amount from it in terms of the positive PR but then of course there's always a lag time, why Mm. isn't it being brought in immediately, why do people have to wait until March Uh, and you know that's always a critique or a criticism but the the, the tripwire in this budget and you know uh, you're always looking at you know the immediate 24 hours and then people analyse it then over 48 and 72 hours and beyond and I think one of the issues here that has been, you know, what that the government has overlooked is the whole issue of the increase in VAT. And I think they looked at the increase in VAT from the point of view of, we'll say, you could say the price gouging that's going on in Dublin hotels in relation to, you know, the price of hotels, for instance, you know, for, for room nights, bed nights. But in the unintended consequence of increasing the VAT rate is that it now also applies to, we'll say, hairdressers and barbers, because of it's it's a service, if you will. And I think there will be a lot of people who will be listening to your show today who own barber shops, intergenerational barber shops, it might be two or three people employed, you know, hairdressers, you know, beauty salons and so on. The the cost or the, the, the positive of increasing the five euro across, we'll say, you know, the, the social welfare spectrum, particularly for pensioners, that's going to be wiped out by the, 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 the increased cost that they're going to be facing now because barbershops and hairdressers and salons are going to have to charge this 13% on top of the price. So you could say... And small cafes and restaurants. And small cafes and restaurants. Now, I I think everybody recognises that the measure uh, was introduced uh, originally to, uh, you know, give a lift to the sector. And there's no doubt about it. It certainly did. And there's no doubt about it. People have really benefited from that But they have where you've got large football and you're in a large town or a large city. But it's clear to see that it hasn't really necessarily, you know, it it has benefited to a certain extent smaller towns and, you know, villages and so on. But it is going to have a massive effect now, I think, for the the trade. And yesterday we abstained on the vote uh, because we wanted a greater debate on this. I spoke on this last night and I asked for... An impact analysis, if you will, you know, and for more time within the finance bill, which follows the budgetary announcement, for a discussion on this to see how it will actually impact, you know, those service providers. And remember now, a barbershop shop or a hairdresser or salon, they're normally you know owned by one person, they're family mm-hmm. businesses, you know, and and the margins are tight because, okay, you know, you're you're you're, you're, you're Cost of labour and so on, cost of rental and rent prices are going up and so on. So that's that's a that's a potential negative, I think. Yeah, so and,
3: and, really and 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 the key there is that they everything else has gone up for them. Their electricity has gone up. Their you know their it, their insurance has definitely gone up. Yeah. So Your input. And then yeah. um, Sean on on housing, can I just on one thing that caught my eye yesterday? The mortgage interest relief for landlords. Uh, uh, rising to 100% from the 1st of January. will that not pit landlords up against couples trying to buy properties?
6: Well, it,
5: I, nobody can see the logic of this one because on the face of it, it does everything for landlords and it does nothing for those people who are trying to get on the housing ladder yeah. or who are uh, renting. And, it, you know, people talk about the anecdotes and it's more than anecdotal where people are being forced out of their apartments because Mariah, there's a son or a daughter coming home from Australia or America and they want to take up the house, when in actual fact what they want to clear the tenants out, they want to renovate the house and then, you know, maybe rent it out again. So I, I think there there has to be a wider debate on, on the implication of that. Now, there are people who, there, there are thousands of landlords across the state who might own a, a second property which is rented out. So giving them relief on the mortgage, you know, I think a lot of people who are looking at that whose sons or daughters uh, are are trying to get on the housing ladder would see this as a complete you know would would see this as a a real you know, smack down, if you will, if to use that expression, and we'll be wondering who is this budget benefiting? And it seems that the the benefit here will accrue to landlords. So, if you're a landlord, you're 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 put in a better place, and if you're a tenant, you're not. And if you're trying to get on the housing ladder, you know, there's nothing in the budget that I can see that you could really kind of say, okay, we'll support this on the basis that we can now see a greater housing program, more houses being you know, that a translation of a budget measure into bricks and mortar going into the ground in north or east or west Cork. And I saw nothing in yesterday's budget that would give me any solace that there's going to be more houses or more housing supply or housing stock, you know, anytime soon. So that's a negative as well. All right, and
3: Uh, and something that wasn't in the budget was increases uh, to carbon tax. And that came a day after the UN Special Envoy on Climate Change, Mary Robinson, saying the Irish government needs to do more to tackle the threat, of climate change was the government forced to back down
5: i think the government i'm glad you mentioned this one because I, I think sometimes we look at climate change as something that is kind of esoteric it's something that's kind of out there and it doesn't affect us directly but you you, you only have to look at the number of storms and the storms are alphabetized now storm a b c d and e and and, and it's getting worse so that means that climate change is here it's a reality and if I'm on the Climate Change Committee um, and we're doing we'll be doing a report based on the climate, uh, based on the Citizens Assembly report. And if we don't do something radical now and if the temperature globally increases up to five degrees by, you know, by 2100, okay, which seems like a long way away. But when you, you know, it's not a long way away. If you think of the next generation that are coming up, it's, it's very immediate. And if those temperatures go up to five degrees centigrade, that is actually going to have a massive impact in Ireland in terms of food production, in terms of what they call desertification. We won't be able to produce food. You know, and, and that has a big existential issue then for, for humanity. And I know that sounds like a big thing to say, mm. but it's actually true. And and and,
3: and, and I know you're look happens. I know you're looking at the bigger picture when when you say that, but certainly for a lot of our listeners there was a, a sigh of relief Sean when the carbon tax didn't go up, because we have people who only heat their houses by coal, for example, worried about how much the bag of coal was going to go up by.
5: But, but what you could do there is you could have introduced incentives to reduce what I call food, fuel poverty and energy inefficiency. And in this year, you know, when we have all of the technology, the government could have put aside, you know, uh, call it 50 to 100 million euros, For uh, a scheme that would allow people who live in old or housing stock to improve their energy efficiency. And that didn't appear in this budget. I'm I'm looking through the small print, uh, because sometimes what's announced is only one part of the budget. You know, when the minister gets up on budget day, then you've got to look at the individual subheadings. But I'm not seeing anything here that would give solace to your listeners and your listeners are then forced to actually continue to burn fuel because, you know, the the cost of improving their house, dry lining, better windows, re-roofing, all of that insulation is too exorbitant for, for ordinary people to bear. And that's why the government could have done something. So you, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be taxing that then. Necessarily, you would actually be incentivising people and providing grants, and that didn't happen either yesterday. What they did with the climate change money is is they're actually after putting it into agriculture. He announced 164 million euros, um, and but he's giving 103 million of that to plant forests. But that doesn't necessarily mean you are going to reduce your carbon footprint either, and then he's he's giving money to the beef environmental efficiency pilot scheme called the Beep scheme, which is a funny name, and he's giving seventy million then for the targeted agricultural modernization scheme so which which is more money effectively for agriculture. people will make their own judgments on that you know in relation to whether or not the money should be yes, it should be channeled into greater efficiency within the agriculture sector, but I would say that transport and housing. If you're going to offset carbon down the line and reduce those temperatures or keep them to uh, a proper, you know, as per the IPCC panel, if you're going to keep them, uh, you know, at a, at a range that, you know, doesn't harm the environment and ultimately doesn't harm people, you know, you could have introduced measures to improve transport and, and housing I would argue in the built environment.
3: Okay somebody says what about the rainy day fund was that a good move by the government they seem to be finally boxing clever 1.5 billion uh, topped up every year by 500 million smart move or, or should, is it raining now should they be spending it now Sean?
5: Well our view is that it could be spent now because you could you could spend that again on the measures that I've just uh, outlined you could have spent that in relation to getting greater greater energy efficiency in homes you could have like if you look at if you look at people who are living in housing stock that has gone back to the 1930s or even before that you know you could have spent a small fraction of that and had a massive difference in relation to offsetting the you know the cost of carbon production you know there's you know you could have done a lot more on you know building out proper infrastructure for instance uh you know the, you could have built out proper you know build Building out rail networks, you know, improving bus networks, public transport networks. So it's a squandered opportunity. He his justification for the rainy day fund is because you know of the the experiences of the uh, you know the, the recession that you need you need to put money in the bank. But look, arguably, if the if the economy is growing at six or seven percent, or you know, then you know, and if tax revenue is coming in at a, at a a composite rate, you know, you you need to spend money now to to to. on on projects that will actually deliver something for for ordinary people. And I can't see anything, you know, and I'm looking at things objectively and I outlined all the positives at the start and you're trying to look at things objectively but I can't see anything objectively uh, that would... You know, really, really have an effect on people in terms of their, uh, you know, their, their, their daily lives, improving the quality of their lives. Like, in other words, like the, the USC reductions is, is not going to have a major impact, uh, for people, uh, you know, in real terms. But you could have done a lot more, for instance, in terms of investing, you know, some of the gains from, or the costs of the, the 300 million tax cuts and the 1.2 billion uh, or the 500 million you know you you in youth services you know like you you talk about mental health and intellectual disabilities and physical disabilities like i'm going to a meeting on with the hsc on on friday to, to battle for people who can't get access to basic orthotic services. And I have a constant battle going on with the HSE uh, in relation to, you know, trying to get bed nights and residential care for people with intellectual disabilities. And like, and, uh, and we're, and Vinian McGrath is telling us that, you know, he's got an extra shabab, you know, but we won't know how that will all go into a black hole and you won't see a, a real delivery of services. I, and, and I hear Jim Daly earlier on, but I, like, I'm not seeing, I, I have families out there who are struggling. To get their loved ones into respite care at the moment, Patricia. Yeah, like I know. That, that's the I know. And we ours, only
3: yesterday you know. spoke about St Joseph's Foundation uh, contacting yeah. all of the families looking for uh, a voluntary donation of thirty euro a week. Uh, that's so that's how ba- how bad the services on and the ground are. Okay, oh, I'm, I'm over on time. You're very very finely, Sean. In,
5: in five seconds, ten seconds or less, five hundred million of a rainy day fund. If you spent a hundred million of that, you know, and I'm just off the top of my head, you could wipe out. Uh, you, you could. A capital spend on more beds you know across the you know hospital structure across the intellectual disabilities for people like St. Joseph's Foundation for Enable Ireland for Cope etc you know you 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 do so much good work and it could have been done but
1: it was a missed opportunity
3: okay we'll leave it there thank you for that thanks for and uh, thanks for joining us that is uh, Cork East uh, Dole Deputy Sean Sherlock
1: Cork today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow it's family run so your loved one will feel at home see breedhaven.ie C103 join Martina O'Donoghue weekdays from four on C103 the best in music the up-to-date traffic and all the latest entertainment news Macroom Motors Toyota Plus event. For a wide range of Toyota Plus used cars, visit MacroomMotors.com. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
3: We will be looking for people to take part in our competition that we're running this week. Uh, we've teamed up with Dano Centro Maxwell, Spa Glen and Mallow, celebrating 30 years serving the community. And they have very kindly given us daily prizes of a €100 Euro Dano Centre gift card and a €50 Euro Danos Maxwell gift uh, card and we're giving them away every day. We call out a shopping list of 20 items that I'm looking for and uh, you come on air, I'll call out the shopping list, you take a listen to it and then I give you 30, sec- 30 seconds to recall as many of the items that are on my shopping list as you can. And we piss one caller against another caller and whichever listener can remember the most items on the shopping list becomes that daily's product, That daily our daily winner, I'm picking up the €150 euro worth of uh, Dano's gift uh, cards. We'll be doing that, as I say, in the next hour. So do stay tuned for that. A lot of calls and commentary coming in on Budget 2019. What are people talking about? Eileen was on uh, to say, I run a small cafe. I've got two workers um, working for me. They just work part-time hours. They pay the minimum wage. That is, as much as I can afford to pay them. I don't make a massive Profit from running my business but with the change in the VAT rate, Ireland is one of the ones in the tourist industry, cafes are all affected by this going from 9% to 13.5% and also of course there was a rise uh, in the minimum wage. It will really hit me bad. I just wonder how long more I'm going to be able to keep going. It's tough enough with businesses with it's tough enough for businesses at the moment you're relying on loyal customers and uh if any visitors uh coming to the area so it's tough to be in business today Yeah, and you're not on your own Eileen I mean it's the one thing that has been said about that vast race some small businesses will go to the wall I hope that you're not going to be one of them but yeah when you're running on budgets that are very very tight the smallest thing can push you over the uh, edge we uh, we wish you luck uh, going forward Josephine in East Cork said was watched with great interest on TV all the programs where they were talking about housing but the one thing she said that really got to her was uh, they were talking about how and the building of housing and all that but nobody was talking about planning permission Uh, Josephine said she knows of people who've tried to get uh, planning they have their mortgage in place but they just can't get planning planning needs to be looked at well yeah but that's an individual for each individual local authority that's not something the budget can't do anything and the Minister for Finance certainly can't do anything except I suppose encourage planners to, to to work with people who were looking to build uh, houses but there certainly wasn't anything, there wasn't anything in the, in, that a um, finance minister could do that would allow people to get planning easier Billy in Bandon says this is on carbon tax I wonder what planet they think they are on they surely should read their history and know about the history of this planet before anybody found anything such as coal or any oil or any kind of fuel the earth was warming up and it conti- as it continues to become warmer and warmer then it goes to the next cycle where it cools down. That's the way the cycle works. No matter what taxes there, they will bring in, uh, global warming will continue. We've had numerous ice ages in the past thousand of years, Billy. I would suggest you go and fight that one out with a scientist, particularly a scientist specialising in uh, global warming. On the fiver for the old age pensioners, and of course the fivers across the board for all social welfare, Michael and Donna, well, I'm an old age pensioner. I will get my fiver extra next month, However, the politicians, they get their pay increase straight away. It seems very unfair. Why is there a never, never a delay when politicians decide to increase their own wages, but when they're giving an increase to social welfare, there is always a delay? And somebody is asking when in March, beginning, middle or end. It normally is around St. Patrick's Day. It normally kicks in. The previous years, that's what's happened. So I haven't got a date on it. They didn't give a date on it uh, yesterday. But my gut instinct will tell me in and around the weekend where, whenever St. Patrick's Day uh, falls. Uh, Mary says, I didn't get the extra fiver. Mary said what about people like me we didn't get the extra fiver because in, and we didn't get it in the past because we only qualify for the smaller pension rate so we get a smaller percentage of the fiver so not everyone is getting 5 euro when we and yeah and they, and they always talk about that everybody getting the fiver but of course if you're on a lower rate of pension which we now know 69,000 people are they don't get the full 5 euro and Gavin in Clannock is on about the same point how come the politicians when they they decide to increase they get their increase straight away and thank you to somebody who sent me on a picture that was doing the rounds on uh, whatsapp and various facebook pages yesterday and i've seen this before it was it's a picture of the the young mother margaret cash who ended up sleeping in the guard the station remember she got very high pro, very high uh, profile because she was homeless she ended up having to sleep uh, with her children in the the station with the uh, children. And she is a lone parent with seven children. And it goes down through. Now, this will not include the increases that would have been announced yesterday under social welfare. But it goes down through what a single parent with seven children would be entitled to if they lived on social welfare. And they look, you know, they do things like the one parent family, the qualified child allowance, back to school allowance, the Christmas bonus the HAP that she would be entitled to if she had rent, fuel allowance and child benefit, And it shows, let's say this was before the increase came in yesterday, €51,746 is what a single mother with seven children would be entitled to. But that, you can't blame the single parent there. There isn't a job Well, you'd have to find a really good job to pay you that kind of money. And if you're a single parent, you'd also have to pay for childcare costs, And I I can't even think of a job that you would be doing, that you would be coming out at the end of the week with that kind of money. But you can't blame the person who's entitled uh, to that money because that's just the way our social welfare system uh, works Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Uh, John Paul taking your calls you can text her whatsapp 0862 103, 103. now a 46 year old woman has appeared in court this morning uh, to be charged in connection with the murder of the man who died following the stabbing incident in McCroom Fiona Corcoran joins me live from uh, McCroom uh, good morning to you Fiona good morning Patricia and um, what's happened in the court this morning
7: Yes, Patricia. Um, a lady called uh, Rita O'Driscoll, 46 year old woman with an address at 16 Bridge Street, Bandon, appeared before McCroom District Court this morning and Detective Sergeant Derek Mulcahy gave evidence in court of arrest, charge and caution and he said that he arrested Rita O'Driscoll on Monday evening and last night at half eleven he charged her with the murder of 44 year old Timmy Foley at 12 Dan Corkery Place McCroom last Monday morning and he told the court that after he cautioned her, Rita O'Driscoll replied, I did not kill my husband I stabbed him twice, not 28 times. Her solicitor Pat Horan then told the court that while she was detained on Monday she was shocked to find out that her landlord had boarded up her house at Bridge Street, Bandon, effectively rendering her two children aged 20 and 21 homeless. And he asked that um, the court uh, appeal to the authorities in Cork County Council to take action um, in trying to find uh, emergency accommodation for her children. She said that, um, you know, that that her thoughts now turn to her children and that her children will always come first and that she's concerned for their well-being. And she also asked, the court to make directions that while she was in Limerick prison that she received appropriate security measures and that her children also um are receive the appropriate security measures while she's in uh, remand in prison. Um she the judge um also Judge Mary Dorgan um uh, remanded her in custody to appear again in McCroom District Court next uh, Wednesday. Now it wasn't applicable to apply for bail here today that have to be made through the High Court so she was remanded in custody until next Wednesday and she directed that a psychiatric report be obtained before that date and um, she also said that she was familiar with the lady and that this is definitely a case for legal aid so she granted that as well and she directed that she get all medical attention and assistance including counselling and um, whatever that she requires in prison Um so uh God, it's such
3: also, a sad case, isn't it?
7: I know, yeah. And Inspector Brian Murphy then in conclusion asked that all parties involved in this case continue to support Gardi with their investigation and um help them trying to bring this to a proper conclusion. And um the and Rito Driscoll then, who was dressed in a black top and blue jeans, was escorted back out from the court and um she will be remanded in custody to appear again here next Wednesday. So yeah, there was a lot of detail went into the case today, Patricia. It's uh, quite unusual actually because normally for a district court appearance like that you'll just get evidence of arrest charge and caution and then they'll be remanded in custody or there might be a bail application made, but there was a lot of detail today which was quite unusual. Um but yes it is a sad case. Um you know Monday morning people in McCroom, particularly in around Dan Corkery Place woke up to the scene of uh you know, a lot of Garda activity seen the scene off. Uh, a, a, a tent a body tent had been erected in the estate as well. It was quite a shocking scene for people to see as they were going about their daily business.
3: And, of course, and, Timmy Foley, um, the late Timmy Foley, was living in that house because he was providing care for his brother.
7: That's right, yeah. Um, Timmy Foley was not originally from McCroom. He was originally from Clonakilty, And um, he had... Um, come to McCroom, um in the last year or so to look after his brother who um, had suffered a severe head injury a while back and had, um, uh, had um, mental health issues and uh, Timmy Foley had come over to look after him and um, this incident broke out then Sunday night, uh, Monday morning. Um, now, uh, Rita O'Driscoll, uh, her solicitor, did tell the court that she intends Plead not guilty to the charge of murder at the appropriate time when that comes before the higher court um, so we'll have to wait and see what the outcome is of that but um, it's a case now that will go on for quite some time and she will be in custody for, for a while until this case comes before the central criminal court and in the meantime her two children aged 20 and 21 who were described in court as vulnerable are homeless at the minute and um, efforts are now being made to try and secure emergency accommodation for them.
3: Okay alright okay listen we we'll leave it there thank you for that um, you. Fiona and thank you for bringing us up to date that's Fiona Corkin senior news reporter uh, joining us live from outside McCroom uh, District Court 1850 333 103 John Paul takes your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 WhatsApp. WhatsApp
7: I see 103 C103 Jobs
3: A caring person is wanted in the Castle Magner, Cecilstown area It's to help with a special needs young adult the Glen Resource and Sports Centre in Cork, they are recruiting part time weekend activity instructors and wanted an apartment complex manager that's to work in Mallow Town. And the Blue Haven Hotel in Kinsale, they've got vacancies for a receptionist, also full and part time waiting staff. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103.
1: Cork today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie
3: C103. We continue this morning to analyse yesterday's budget and one announcement that was well flagged but a lot of people get their fingers crossed hoping it wouldn't happen was the ending of the special VAT rate for the hospitality sector rising from 9% to 13.5% and uh, coming in on the 1st of January next. uh, Niall Grant of the Celtic Ross Hotel in Rossgarbury, who's the General Manager, joins me with his reaction to the news. Good morning to you, Niall.
2: How are you? Uh,
3: I'm I'm very well. You're welcome to the programme. Now, Pascal Donoghue said the lower VAT rate had done its job. I mean, he's right in that it did give a boost to the sector at a time when it was very badly needed. Uh,
8: Yeah, it did. It gave a boost to the sector, but there's. I I think what everyone, uh, you know, people have a lot of short memories There was untold heartache for a period of time there where even it took a long time for the ship to to turn. You know, it was like a big tanker uh, that was going in the wrong direction and they changed the battery and slowly but surely, gradually, we turned around. But that turnaround was a period of a number of years. Now, bear in mind, during those number of years, uh, we didn't invest a cent in our properties, a lot of us. You know, there's hotels all over the place that just couldn't afford to. We ended up having to cut back in staffing to make end meet. Um, remember, it wasn't that long ago we were speaking to staff and handing out pay decreases and all that kind of thing, which all had to rebalance. So there was so much happening over that period that, to be honest, I mean, I, uh, Pascal donahue spoke about having a rainy day fund. Do you know, quite a lot of hotels might be entitled to feel they needed a rainy day fund to face into Brexit next year because we just don't know what's going to happen. Now, that said, I don't believe there's a massive number of hotels that have the nest egg or the rainy day fund that people think we have. You know, we've had to play catch up with regards to investment. We've had to bring our hotels back up to speed by investing heavily in stuff that we couldn't afford to do when things were bad. Um, We've started really going hell for leather, investing in our staff investing in training programmes, investing in apprenticeship schemes, uh, you know, all of that kind of thing. So we're we're still in a, a, a slight recovery curve in the sense that whilst it has come back to a sustainable level to a certain extent rurally, it's only the, the, the likes of the, the, the great work that's being done by to Ireland, uh, you know, to extend the season regionality with, through the their brands, you know, the Ireland Ancient East, Wild yep, Atlantic yep. Way. That's only just getting traction now. Only just. But, but is, so, there, is
3: there a divide here, Neil? Because you hear the TDs, whenever they talk about the hospitality sector, they seem to cite the large hotels in Dublin who are doing extremely well and have put up all their prices and, and seem to be almost uh, screwing people in Dublin.
8: Look, I mean, at the end of the day, um, I think uh, if you're going to set a budget based on how you feel about the capital city versus the rest of the country... I think that is absolutely monumentally stupid. 70% of the, the uh, employees in in the tourism industry are from outside of Dublin. So if you're going to make a call, now whatever else about uh, you know I don't know enough about the Dublin uh, um accounts of a hotel and I couldn't begin to tell you. I'm sure they've got infinitely more challenges than me. The the bottom line with Dublin is it's hugely Successful in the basis that any tour operator or overseas guest that comes to me in Ross a nine times out of ten has been in Dublin because they want to go to the capital city. So that's just a stating fact that uh, that that uh, you know that that Dublin is going to uh, see its fair share of customers. Within that, there it's well known in the industry that there is an absolute lack of capacity in Dublin at the moment that is being rectified. There's going to be about five thousand or, or more extra bedrooms that are built in Dublin over the coming years, with that will always then probably help with regards to prices being more competitive, you know, but I, I certainly don't think, um, hand in heart, I do not believe that there's, uh, you know, uh, hotels across the board screwing people, that's not the case. And even even if there is, a, there, there always is a disparity in any country, and especially somewhere uh, you know, like Ireland, or or you know, kind of I suppose our competitors, you know, Scotland and, and Wales or whatever as well. There's always big population centres, and then there's rural areas. And at the end of the day, you've got to protect your rural economies, otherwise you'll 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 kill your product. And and I think that you know, Fulcher, Ireland, uh, you know, with the Wild Atlantic Way, we did not have a US market down in West Cork. Uh, in my mind I I barely ever saw a US guest and I've I've chatted to restaurateurs and hoteliers that say the same uh, in West Cork until the Wild Atlantic Way kicked on and now we've got one or two operators coming to the table we're probably a couple of years away from becoming a bit more sustainable you know, so that for something like Brexit or something like yeah, so right, you, you're on, you're
3: on to, the right track, is yeah. what you're saying, but yeah. but, but you're just so not there. Wait. But the larger hotels, like the ones we spoke about in Dublin, are in other urban areas. They may be able to absorb the pain of this uh, extra increase in in the VAT. But but listening to you, um, Nile, I mean, it sounds like the challenges facing hotels like yours and others in in rural areas, jobs will go.
8: Um, look, I mean, it's easy. In the cold light of day, you you first, you, first, were a bit shocked. At the end of the day, we thought uh, there was a chance it might go to 11%. And we thought, look, we'll just have to take it and what can we do? But to go to 13.5% has been a shock, being straight. So I think we're in that process of actually analysing and getting, you know, just trying to get our heads around what it means for us. I'm not going to start making swift statements like jobs will go and this will happen and that will happen because we don't know that. But what I do know is that the the hit to the bottom line, if we, for whatever reason, as a hotel cannot pass that on to a customer, which, in all honesty, we don't even want to, but, you know, we we have no choice if, if it hits our profitability, is going to be substantial. And I think, to be honest, restaurants probably... Uh, will definitely probably hurt more than hotels as well. There's no doubt about that because the margins in the restaurant game aren't are, are, are low too. Yeah, we we're,
3: so, we're, were already this morning hearing from small cafes who no, you know completely. with with, you two, know, with two and three staff finding yeah. it uh, finding it re, 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 re And Neil, the other so, thing, I mean, the, the I, fact, I fact that it's all, coming all in all on the first of January, not
8: gonna, it's not going to make things better. That's okay. the bottom line. And but the it's that time of the year. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince dot com slash upgrade for free shipping and three hundred sixty five day returns on your next order. That's quince slash upgrade. The fact that it's
3: coming in on the first of January. Would you have preferred a longer lead-in time?
8: For to go at the thirteen and a half percent, absolutely, absolutely. I don't. I don't know what uh, what Pascal Donahue who was thinking or of what the government were thinking because the thing is um, you know, the way things were mooted, if there was a two-step approach and then we, we've done all our contracting, whether it be for weddings, for uh, tour operators and such like. And all those, you know, the uh, for the tour operators, for instance, the overseas business, that's contracted, uh, you know, uh, and it does say subject to VAT and such like. But the bottom line is we've agreed a price with someone. If you agree on a price and then, you know, you, you're you faced with with this, um, you know, then it's going to hurt them and it's going to. You know, potentially hurt us or whatever, and it just becomes if you'd had a year's lead-in, then everyone can can get their house in order and they can they can set their point. goal for that's, that. Yeah, that's a and, good and point. I think that that's totally been just absolutely not even thought about. You know, I I, I can't I really can't understand it to make that big a change. But bear in mind, this is a fifty percent hike in the VAT rate. You know, it's not small, mm. and to give us a few months to to. Um, to get our house in order, to, to rectify that, prepare people that that's what happens, and to take a stepped approach, uh, I just think it's bananas. But the, mo- the thing that's worst about it is we've got Brexit around the corner. Yeah, uh, that's the know, point. One of our listeners,
3: was, Barbara, is was saying was a, there was yeah. no, they haven't taken Brexit into consideration. And I, I heard the Restaurant Association saying that Brexit hasn't been taken into consideration uh, either. And there no, was, no,
9: there
8: it's the
3: unknown last, there. there.
8: Yeah, There was a conference last week uh, where the Minister for Agriculture and the Marine Said in the conference that the make no mistake the best rate that we will get for VAT uh, sorry the best rate that we are the best deal apologies getting confused here the okay. best deal that we will get for uh, for Brexit is not better than what is happening at the moment he said make no mistakes prices will rise so this is this whole VAT decision has been made without consideration that we're going to face uh, in the, our industry and in, you know tourism or whatever and uh, hotels and restaurants were are going to be faced with higher dairy prices, but, uh, you know, the, the buttermilk, uh, which is two staples that are obviously in, well in use in every restaurant and hotel, uh, your meat prices, your fish prices, and some of those are already going up. So we're going to, this is a triple or quadruple whammy, because you're then going to have the exchange rate, depending how Brexit goes, there's exchange rate risk too, so that then we, and we're now, just to put it in perspective, on a VAT Scale in Europe. There is now 26 countries that have a lower VAT rate than Ireland.
3: Wow, and, VAT, and just VAT. and just on one to try to end on a positive, uh, Neil. 35 million to the Department of Tourism, which uh, on the breakdown, 4.5 million for regional uh, incentives. And I was thrilled to hear our own Wild Atlantic Way welcomed. Will that help?
8: Eh, of course, it'll help. Anything that goes, I, I, I'm a great advocate of. Uh, fall to Ireland and on the ground in Ireland and Tourism Ireland promoting Ireland abroad I think they're two good organisations that do great work uh, that I think have been very uh, in fairness they they had challenges themselves and lost their funding and anything that goes back to them happy days but put it in perspective I think uh, if you read some stats in actual fact that 35 million or whatever that's been given uh, to the state bodies to help promote tourism in rural areas in the budget yesterday, they're still on uh, have a, a lower budget than they had I believe back in 2008 so all they've done is bring them back up to uh, a par of where they were, it's not that they've, and they're, I don't even think they're at par, I think they're still slightly behind where their funding was, so look on a positive, I think that you know, where hotels are more resilient than they were before the recession, we've learnt a lot of lessons uh, I think we are definitely pumping more effort into our staff and our teams, and, and trying to help them and support them in their roles and things. Uh, we can always do more, but we're doing pretty well in that. Uh, I think we'll dust ourselves down and we'll we'll get on with it. We always do, um, you know. So, and I think that any additional funds to the state bodies to, to support tourism is great, but I think it cannot be made up to say that that is going to fully compensate for what's happened okay. uh, and I, right. I think that, that's all but look okay. as I say uh, tomorrow's another day <laughs> we'll, we'll kind of dust ourselves down regroup. We well done well uh, done we'll do all right
3: Neil I appreciate that thank you for that and thanks for joining us uh, on the programme today no uh, g- uh, good morning to you that is uh, Neil Grant from the Celtic Ross in Ross I'm told Mike Mark Golden from the Bearer Coast Hotel is on the line uh, good morning to you Mark
2: Good morning.
3: Um, How are you? I'm, I'm very well. I've just seen Jonathan, one of our listeners says, could they not have introduced a VAT rate, one rate for Dublin and um, urban areas and a different rate for, for rural areas. Now, that was looked at before, Jonathan, and they said no. Uh, Mark, in a, uh, you're in a rural area, uh, at Bearer Peninsula. What, what are the challenges faced by this increase in, in the VAT rate?
2: Look, I think it, it's one of these things, we, we, can, we can all scream and roar about it. It's something now that we have to, have to bear, and as, as Neil says, we have to dust ourselves off. It is going to make things very difficult for, for businesses in a rural, rural setting, because we don't have the footfall that, let's say, a city business will have. We're not the gateway to the country. Dublin is the is the gateway to the country. As such, so so would be the big cities such as Cork, Limerick. But I don't want to differentiate between between city and county because we're we're all one big family at the end of the day. And there are many there are many challenges to bear here. You see, like forward bookings would be agreed a couple of years in advance. So how how do you bear these costs and these are these are the challenges we have ahead of us and there you can't we, we can't be divisive with it you know the city has the city has its own problems as well there's a shortage of bedroom stock and it it is coming online over the next number of years but it's just not there now and that's down to planning it's down to an awful lot of things so there's a lot of work to be done and as neil says you know like giving 35 million euros to for Ireland, it's not even bringing it up to the levels that it was years ago. So we have a lot to learn.
3: Will the VAT increase? Will you have no choice but, pa- but to pass it on to customers?
2: We, we'll have to look at it. You know, some of it we're going to have to bear because, as I said, you know, th- like the government haven't looked at this in a very logistical fashion we agree rates with tour operators a couple of years in advance. So there's nothing we can do about that. We have to... You just have to absorb the last year. yeah. We we unfortunately do. And the government haven't thought about this. You know, they can turn around, I think, and say, well, we did warn this might happen. Yes, they did. And I'm not going to say that they didn't, but in when when you look at it in retrospect there was no there was no warning of this we could have been given 12 month warning we would have been able to ready ourselves in some way shape or form mm. but there was no warning it was done it virtually was done overnight and I don't really want to go and vilify anybody because you know we all have our own crosses to bear but this is going to be very tough times for the hospitality sector especially in a rural setting it's going to be tough times as well in city settings because inevitably more take equals more VAT and you know, when you, when you think of like minimum wages going up, Brexit is happening. You know, bre- Brexit will impact us. The inevitably, costs of, of of goods will go up. So we have all of these factors. And also,
3: sterling. With the way sterling is, it will affect it will it, affect it, tourists, it, uh, British tourists coming to Ireland.
2: It will. And you see, there's there's a lot of volatility. There are a lot of issues that that fall outside, you know, simple reasoning. And we don't know. It's, it's the don't know factor, I think, is far worse than what you do know. Yes, we know VAT is going up. We can see that. That's going to happen in a couple of months' time. But it's the volatility that, that lies behind all of this is what's far more concerning. OK. You know, right. I, and, and that's how I look at it.
3: All right, Mark, listen, thank you for that. And uh, thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. That is uh, Mark Golden joining us from the Beira Coast uh, Hotel. And we've also been contacted by Anne-Marie Cronam. Anne-Marie runs a takeaway and restaurant in Castletown Bear. Uh, good morning to you anne Marie. Good morning, Patricia. You, How are you? I'm very well, thank you. You're obviously like the our two previous callers, reeling from the news of what happened uh, yesterday. You w- would you have seen the advantage of the lower VAT rate when it was introduced?
10: Yes, definitely, Patricia. You know, um, back when it was introduced, I suppose it did it did what it was supposed to do. You know, people were were rural areas were decimated. With um, immigration and stuff like that, so yes, it did. Now things have come back. But I'm not on here with the poor mouth this morning. Don't get me wrong, but you know, a four and a half percent increase like that, in, in with a short lead-in, is 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 a is a big you know increase for any business, any small business. And on top of that, like you know, you you also have to look at the year we've had. I mean, I've had a letter in the door here last week from one of my biggest suppliers telling me potato products are going up by 25.2%. Flour is going up by 5.1%. Butter 7.2%. Cheese is 8%. You know, so we have to look at all these costs, um, not just that in isolation. You know, so businesses, are are businesses expected to absorb this cost? It's not possible for small and medium businesses
3: like Yeah well that's the point I was making earlier to, to Neil Grant you know for some of the bigger hotels you know it may, you know of course they'll be able to absorb it and won't need to pass it on but you know a small business you know like your own, a little takeaway Emily really somebody else was talking, contact us from a cafe where she has two workers uh, it would be impossible with everything else that's going up to be able to absorb the VAT as well. Yes of course
10: Patricia you know and I suppose the impression here is that, you know, the industry is ripping people off. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you can come in and get, a, you know, um, a fish and chip dinner with me, you know, and sit inside my restaurant and eat fish and chips, you know, for maybe 8.50. For a know? fish
3: and chip so, dinner? That's good value. Yeah,
10: yeah, so, you know, I mean, depending on what fish you want, between 7.50 and, and uh, 8.50, you know, for, for fish and chips with salad and chips, so you know, not every not every business is with me.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. You know? And and would you get a lot of tourists? Or are you very dependent on local trade, Amory?
10: Um, during the winter, it is local trade. Particular. Yeah, it is local trade. Um, and I mean, you're talking about months that are very, very quiet. Yes, your busy during the thing. And the Wild Atlantic Way, thank goodness, has made a huge difference with the cable car and you know, in Jersey. Um. And there is an increase in business Bera wouldn't be you know is if on the up uh, tourist wise it wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be your ring of curry, but it certainly is you know increasing in numbers yes
3: oh, yeah and it should be because it's a it's a beautiful part of of the country and are you getting overseas where i mean a lot of english i imagine yes, yes, you would definitely
10: have a lot of english i mean i have, I have relatives in england who who would comment on the you know, on the exchange rate and stuff like that. So, yes, it is going to make a difference to people coming home, even, yes. even you know, local visitors coming home. Um, they do see a difference in, in their, their money when they, come, when they arrive in Ireland.
3: Yeah, the whole Brexit thing is just still so unknown. All right, all right, Amory, listen, we leave it there. Thank you for that. And uh, thanks for contacting us. God bless. That is Amory Cronin, who runs a takeaway and restaurant in uh, Castletown Bear. Uh, it, uh, Derek and Banton says Doesn't this show the need for a mayor with powers for Cork? maybe then we could make decisions regarding VAT rates made locally. Uh, Derek, you are dreaming, kid, if you think that when we have our if and when we get our own uh, elected mayor that he will have, he or she will have any powers when it comes to setting VAT rates it would be nice. They might be able to do something around rates but they certainly won't have the power to do anything around VAT. Eighteen fifty-three-three-three-one-zero-three. I can see some gardening questions coming in. Keep those coming in because uh, Peter Dowdell will talk all things gardening in the final hour of the programme you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103
1: Cork Today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow it's family run so your loved one will feel at home see breedhaven.ie C103 Hi I'm Simon Murdoch join me for the all new Cork's More Music Breakfast on C103 I'll bring you all you need to know every morning and plenty of Cork's greatest hits turn on C103 and wake up with me the all new Cork's More Music Breakfast Weekday, six to ten, only on
3: C So to find out how older people fared out in yesterday's budget uh, we're going to Age Action where I'm joined by Corona Joyce Good morning to you, Corona Good morning Patricia uh, And you're welcome You gave it a cautious welcome uh, yesterday uh, at Age Action The 5 euro increase in the state pension What well, our listeners are saying this morning Corona Disappointing that it's not kicking in until next March
11: Absolutely. I think it's fair to say that it's a tame budget overall for older people. Uh, There's a few things we we can be positive about. Obviously, the five-year increase in the state pension. Uh, There was a restoration of the Christmas bonus back to 100%. We're pleased to see the extra 15% on that, and the extra week on the fuel allowance. Uh, There's other attendant issues, like for the prescription charges. We all heard about the extra 50 cents on that for the over 70s. um, The increased 10% on the GP visit uh, card, and then the overall increase in the drugs payment scheme but we are disappointed that it seems to be standard now that the increase in the the social uh, welfare benefits and the state pension, it's delayed until March yet again and as we know January and February are the times when older people in particular are really struggling to pay their bills and it's cold weather as well.
3: Yeah, so even if they brought it back to, to the first to the first week in January, it would yeah, be it yeah. it would be something. Uh, you mentioned the Christmas bonus mm-hmm. uh, and the full amount back, uh, Corinne. That's an important bonus for older people, isn't it? Because they're on a fixed income, yeah. they rely on that for what you know. Maybe it's a few luxuries at Christmas mm-hmm. or for the grandchildren.
11: Absolutely, I mean for some people it is as you said the ability maybe just to buy a present for the grandchildren or as you said just to celebrate Christmas but for other people it's really going towards essential daily costs and what we are hearing time and time again from people is that an increasing number of older people are struggling to pay their daily bills really around healthcare and utility bills Um, and every little bit extra will, will help towards that.
3: Now, on the prescription charge, your listener was already on with a question, and I said I would ask you this, Joe in Balancholic, mm-hmm. uh, the reduction for the over 70s uh, down to 150 per item. Will the cap remain at 20 euro, or will they reduce the cap to 15 euro at the end well, of the month?
11: that's something we're, we're, we're doing our best to find out at the moment it's not clear so um, we will certainly be putting that information up on our website and on Facebook and Twitter when we're okay. clear
3: on that Alright, it's very yeah. important. Yeah I took a look I couldn't find anything. Yeah. They normally do my gut yes. instinct will tell me it will <laughs> yeah. go to 15 euro but we will wait and get it confirmed. Just on the prescription charges we spoke during the, uh, during the week Corona when we were doing our wish list for the budget and it was one of the ones that came in was about the prescription charge we heard of and from older people rationing medicine so t- as to avoid prescription charges do they simply need to be abolished for for particularly for older people
11: we're hearing exactly the same as you, Patricia, from callers coming in rationing medicines, um, maybe foregoing essential medicines to pay other bills as well. Um, and if you look at the research, it's shown that the on average over 65s will have five or more prescriptions. So it's a pretty hefty charge, um, regardless of whether you're, you're on the state pension on, the, on that charge or whether you're actually you know on the GP visit when you're hit with the full drugs payment scheme. And it's an issue we hear time and time again, and obviously that has knock-on effects in terms of health and overall well-being.
0: Yes, uh, so
3: the, I suppose it is dropping with every budget and hopefully one day it, w- it will completely uh, disappear. Other thing I need you to clarify, did the, gov- the, did the government reverse the changes to the state pension which were introduced in 2012? We were led to believe that they were to do it in this budget.
11: There was an announcement in January of this year regarding the 2012 changes Um and that said, really, rather than reversing what the, the, the change to the average bands in 2012, they brought in what they call the total contributions approach in 2012, which really uh, looked and brought in a different scheme, saying it, it brought in, thankfully, home carer credits for 20 years for people maybe that had taken time out of the, of, of the workplace to be at home and also another 10 years for other reasons. Maybe people have been on job seekers or they would studied, uh, you know, or had other reasons. So... There was an announcement by the minister in January, as I mentioned, and on Monday of this week, uh, the department commented to say that everybody, which is an estimated 67,000 people affected by this, should be written to right at this moment. That was their commitment in January, that in the last quarter of this year, September, October, November, December, uh, the people would be written to and they would be either, the, um, the department would calculate the entitlements with these new home credits and the individual will be offered what was best for them. So some people may be better off in what they're on at the moment, other people will obviously benefit from the credits uh, and they will be offered what is best for them and the payments will start in January of 2019 and crucially be backdated to March of this year.
3: So it is. It is going ahead. It is
11: going <laughs> ahead. ahead. Okay. Far, yes.
3: All right. Because uh, we have a lot of those guys. Go- go- they will. Um, so they'll be written to. They don't need to do anything. They will be written to by th- by the department.
11: That's what we've told. Okay. They will be written to. What we're advising to to everyone who's calling on this is to say just keep a watch
7: if you
10: don't
11: hear really within the next couple of months contact us here at age action or you know um, contact whoever's your relevant person uh, or the department but really to keep a watch but you should be written to within kind of the next month or two um, and we're expecting that and it'll the payment starting in january
3: okay and just finally you had called for an increase in home supports Uh, do you agree that home care in ireland really is in crisis nothing yesterday to help out uh, when it comes to home care
11: Nothing, and we're really disappointed in that, really not to see concrete references to it. As you said, it is in crisis in Ireland. Uh, what we're hearing and what we're seeing from from members and people across the country, really that home help hours and packages are not available as they're needed. And even when they are, the provision of care varies. Uh, and the inadequate home support resources, it, it means that old people sometimes do not have the option of being cared out at home. Families are struggling to cope and there's more pressure on carers as well. So we would like to have seen a concrete reference to that.
3: OK. All right, listen, we leave it there. Corona, thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme. Good morning to you. That is uh, Corona Joyce from
1: Ajax. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
3: Can you text us please if you would like to take part in our Dano Centro and Maxo Spoglen Mallow competition whereby we will take two callers to air. I will call out a list of items from my shopping list and then you get 30 seconds to recall as many of them as possible. But we need you to text us. Please just text you your name and your address to 0862 103 103. Don't WhatsApp please. Just do it by text 0862 103 103. We'll let it run for about five or six minutes and then we will randomly select two callers, take them on here and ask them, the uh, give them a chance to listen to the shopping list and then the 30 seconds to recall. And today's winner, as we've been doing every day this week, will win a €100 Dano Centre gift card and a €50 Euro Danos Maxol gift card cart, all to celebrate Dano's celebrating 30 years serving the community in Spall Glen in uh, Mallow. So get texting on that please, that is by text only to 0862 103 103. Now let me uh, c- before we catch up on, on a lot of texts and commentary uh, coming in just to let you know about that storm you possibly heard, Barry had it on the news at uh, 12 o'clock. We've wonderful weather at the moment and you know, unseasonably warm for October I think was the wording I used when I called out the weather forecast. I mean some parts of the country today are expecting highs of 21 degrees so it's kind of the Indian summer that we often speak of but we never get it actually this far so generally speaking I've got it before in September but I don't ever remember being this warm into October but it's not going to hang around for long because this the storm Calum, uh, Calum is coming and is threatening to bring 150 and fifty-kilometer winds to our and it'll be tomorrow night, it'll be Thursday night uh, into Friday morning. Joanna Donnelly from MetAaron has described this system as a ferocious looking beast and it's out in the Atlantic and it's moving in and then you're going to have heavy rain and high tides and that unfortunately is going to increase the risk of dangerous coastal flooding. So tomorrow night is going to be a tricky night but Storm Callum's impact won't last long. The depression is set to clear quickly and actually by Friday afternoon we could even see, see some sunshine. But in the wake of it, more rain is expected to sweep up across the country from the south, which will continue into Saturday and that also could cause more flooding in places. But the actual ferocious beast of a storm that is only going to happen on Friday, Thursday night into uh, Friday morning. And of course, the only time we get a name when Meta Aaron come out with a name uh, is when it expects either an orange or a red wind warning. Now, red is the highest warning that they can give wind speeds above eighty kilometers and gusts in excess of one hundred and thirty kilometers, that qualifies for a red. And then seventy of seventy millimeters of rain within twenty four hours—that's what you need for a red. But uh, Storm uh, Callum uh, is not coming in as a red one. You'll be delighted to hear it's officially coming in at the moment. Now, of course, that can change. It's been given a name, and it's a status orange warning. And it is the third named storm so far this year. We had. Uh, storm Storm Ali and we had Storm Brona battered our shores and let's not forget and let's not poo who these when they name a storm it means that it is uh, serious. Last month two people died during Storm uh, Ali so please God we'll all stay safe during Storm Callum but you will we'll be batting down the hatches that's for sure for, for tomorrow night keep a lookout for yourself and for each other. Now some of your comments coming into the programme. No wonder they gave tax relief to landlords says Helen sharpened half the landlords politicians No wonder they did it. It makes no sense at all as it will stop honest buyers from buying and they'll be put up against landlords who'll get the 100% mortgage interest uh, relief. Helen feels it's them looking after themselves. well, it was just the minute I heard it yesterday, I just said, that does not make any sense to me. I understand that the government is relying on the private rented sector and there are many fantastic landlords and landlady out there that are putting roofs over people's heads and we have to be great and thankful to them. So I can understand why the government is trying to say to the landlords that we need you to rent out more properties. But in the way it's been done when nothing has been done to secure the tenancy for tenants, that's what kind of shocked me. Uh, And exactly what Helen has said, it was the first thing I thought of. Surely first-time buyers who are already finding it very, very tri- tricky and very difficult to buy houses. Are they going to be going up against somebody who's basically a developer, you know, and a landlords using it as an investment and will have extra money and won't be paying back because they'll be getting mortgage, higher mortgage interest relief than the poor old first-time buyer or the couple who are trying to get on the property ladder yesterday? Remember when we were doing our wish list for the budget, I thought one of the sorriest messages we got in was from a listener who was at the late 30s early 40s married two incomes coming into the house paying over i think it was 200 euro uh, a week on tax so you know two well-paid jobs and yet paying a thousand euro a month on rent and not having a hope of getting onto the property a ladder uh, the they don't fall in for affordable houses, uh, social houses they're earning too much for that, and yet they're not earning enough when they go to the banks looking for a mortgage. They are really caught in the middle. And there was certainly nothing done in the budget yesterday to help them. That's for sure. John O'Donovan was on to say this is on the cigarette increases the fifty cent they went up from last night. He heard forest air Now, a forest air in our group we've used before they they uh, protest and campaign on behalf of smokers. They feel smokers have a right to be heard and have to have a a voice. So Forrest Aaron always speak up on behalf of of smokers and somebody from Forrest Aaron was on talking about the increase in cigarettes and how unhappy they were and you would expect them to be unhappy because they represent smokers. Yet uh, John O'Donovan said yet he remembers hearing Forrest Aaron on again last year giving out about the increase in cigarettes uh, but John says how so much does it cost to treat smokers and, sm- and all smoking diseases how can somebody come on and advocate for this in this day and age he was quite shocked that anyone would give a voice to uh, Forrest Aaron I heard Forest Aaron yesterday I saw them on the news actually when the announcement came of the 50 cent and I think the figure is 20, 23 I think 23 out of the last 25 budget something like that cigarettes have gone up uh, every time and uh, we now pay the highest for cigarettes in europe i'm just hoping that it might act as a deterrent we know how bad they are uh, john everybody knows how bad they are if you smokers themselves know how bad they are but at the end of the day they're addicted they're, you know when you're addicted to something it isn't as easy as snapping your fingers and saying all well, right that's it i'm going to give up the cigarettes uh, any of us who have managed to do it will tell you how hard it is Um, And people struggle really, really in trying to give up and people try many, many attempts. Now, maybe one way of doing it is when when they're outpriced. But the other danger of making them very, very expensive, we know we have a problem with illegal cigarettes coming into this country and the danger is that we'll just get more people bringing, doing illegal cigarette runs, bringing cigarettes into this country and then selling them under the counter. The government make nothing out of that at the moment. They make a lot of money out of cigarettes uh, because of the amount that's in excise uh, duty and VAT, etc. Thank you for your comment, John. OK, some of your texts coming in. Hi, Patricia. It's not just older people who are rationing their medication. I'm self-employed and I also have to ration my medication. While those who draw the dole, while also doing cash jobs for people on the sly by way of nixers, they seem to get every grant available, including a medical card. People on long-term dole should get regular visits from social welfare. It would be interesting to see. Are they always at home when they're meant to be at home? And are they not working? And actually, just on that, what working class people versus somebody who is living on unemployment I mentioned earlier the case somebody had sent it in to me. It was doing the rounds on the internet, and it was the picture of the woman with her seven children, single mother, seven children living in Dublin, and how much she was entitled to by way of social welfare. She's obviously not working. She's got seven children, so she's looking after the seven children. And it went through the one parent family allowance, how so much she gets for the children, her back to school allowance, Christmas bonus, her monthly child benefit, fuel allowance, HAP, and all of that. And she comes out with yearly cash in hand this is 51749 746 euro so just under 52000 euro a year if you are a single mother with seven children. Now there isn't that many single mothers with seven children but that's how much you get paid if you're not working by the Department of Social Welfare. I did make the point, how, can, how would anybody in that position, go? Out, why would anyone in that position go out to work when they're getting that kind of money? Well that has prompted Heidi uh, to say, Patricia, listening to me calling out that, how unfair is this when I hear the story of the woman with the se- seven children and what she gets in benefits? Can I say that's what she was getting in benefits up to yesterday, that would have increased. That's not taking in the increase. So that money has gone up thanks to yesterday's budget. But so I do the likes of my son's that have families. They work hard to bring their family up. They ask for nothing and they struggle to send children now to college and university. The money they have to find firstly for accommodation and then after that they've got the registration fees for the colleges. That's before they put clothes on the children or pay for food uh, etc. And then you hear the likes of that woman uh, getting all of the benefits. It just seems so so unfair. Where are the people standing up for the likes of my son, uh, sons and his family, there doesn't seem to be uh, no one, um, no nowhere for them to go. And actually, somebody earlier made that point as well. They have a, a son going to college and finding it really, really difficult because he's far away from home and they're outside of just not far outside for a grant but far enough outside not to be able to get it and saying there was absolutely nothing yesterday uh, to have people like that out in the budget so you certainly are not alone 1850 333 I can see texts coming in for Peter keep those coming as well the 1% on diesel cars that was announced yesterday that'll put 300 euro onto a 30,000 euro car there will not be too many sold for the next year says a Texture and Michael wants to pick up uh, Sean Sherlock when Sean Sherlock was talking about the barbers and because hairdressers and barbers also fall in under the VAT rate going up to 13.5% and Sean said I think it probably was a slip of the tongue when Sean said it'll add 13.5% onto a haircut well says Michael that's incorrect it's actually an extra 4.5% because they're already paying the 9% if the average haircut is 10 euro VAT inclusive with the 9% VAT that will put an extra 5 cent onto the price of a haircut and that comes in from Michael thank you for that 18.50 three three. 3103 John Paul taking your calls you can text or whatsapp 0862103103 The C103 Cork
1: Diary with Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork visit corkcoco.ie
3: The Shandon Area History Group are having a talk and presentation by local historian Liam O'Hugon it's in Kofa House on Church Street in Cork and that is um this evening at 7 o'clock. Bingo's on the Quin Hall in Kentuck. That's also on tonight at half past eight with a jackpot. 4,940 uh, euro. The Irish Weed Association in North Cork. They are looking for support of local people to assist them with collections and events during the Angels National fundraising campaign that takes place on Thursday the 8th and Friday the 9th of November. If you can spare some time to volunteer or could arrange an event in your area, please contact Anthony at 085 The Mallow Fundraising Event Stars in Your Eyes goes ahead on Friday of this week with proceeds this year going to the Cope Foundation and My Canine Companion. The event takes place in the Arches Bar in Mallow and tickets are available from the bar or from any of the contestants. And there will be a fashion show in Cullen Community Centre on Friday night with a cheese and wine reception at 7.15. Show starts at 8 o'clock start. Your MC for the night is Helen Murray. There'll be a goodie bag for everyone and best dressed lady Uh, prize plus a raffle. Proceeds going to the Community Hall and the Children's Ward in CUH. Tickets from Patsy's Hair Salon on 087... 612 7386.
1: Call today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. It's
3: time for us to give away some prizes for Dano Centre and Maxwell Glenn Mallow, celebrating 30 years serving the community. And Marie Crowley is in wing this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Marie.
7: Oh, uh, yeah. Hello. Ha-
3: how are you today? I'm fine Okay, you've got a chance. I'm a bit nervous about this. Are now. you? You will be fine. Have you a good memory? I have not today. You'll be fine if you have a good memory. You go shopping and you ever forget what you want when you go to the shops?
6: Yeah, I, sometimes I won't. Oh, do you?
3: Okay, you mightn't be well, let's keep our fingers crossed. You might be okay. I've Okay, I've got a list of twenty items, so listen carefully, and then when I start the clock, that will be your chance, 30 seconds to shout back as many of them as possible. Okay, here we go. Okay, prawns, toilet cleaner, olive oil, aubergine, mint sauce, fish fingers, stock cubes, hairspray, juice, broccoli, ketchup, lettuce. Yoghurt, gravy, dog biscuits, celery, queen cakes, washing powder, noodles and rhubarb. Okay, Marie Crowley in Bwing. Let's get the clock going and
2: off you go. Prawns, olive oil, sauce, uh, juice,
7: broccoli, uh, gravy, yogurt, rhubarb, celery. I can't think of any one.
3: You're doing well. You're doing well.
7: I can't think of any more.
3: Go on. You're almost there. You've nine. You've got nine out of 20. That's doing well. You're nearly halfway there. No more? No, no, I can't. Can't think. Well, you've got nine. You've got nine. That's good. That's good. All nine right. is one before. Stay on the line because I need to go from wing to boherbui. It's all the bees today. And Dan Buckley joins me. Good afternoon to you, Dan. How's it going? Uh, actually, it's Donald Buckley. Donald Buckley. Uh, sure. Oh, well, good, good afternoon to you, Donald. You are our first uh, male contestant. Oh, jeez, right. Do you do a lot of shopping? I don't,
2: know. Do you? No. <laughs> no. I, I couldn't be trusted with that kind of thing. You have somebody
3: else to do that for you, have you? Yeah,
2: my wife, yeah. Uh,
3: Okay. Alright uh, Donald I'm going to give you 20 items on my shopping list and you've got to call back as many of them as you can. Okay here we go uh, shopping list uh, for Donald Buckley in Boerbwy Washing up liquid, tuna cucumber, pears rice, milk hamburgers cabbage, avocado dishwasher tablets eggs, grapefruit lasagna olives Soya sauce Nuts Kiwis Fabric softener Vegetable oil And beetroot Okay Donald You now have 30 seconds Let's let the clock go And off you go um, <coughs> Eggs Olive
6: lettuce, um Vegetable
2: oil Beetroot Washing up your Tuna Cucumbers Pears Rice Milk Hamburgers Avocado,
6: dishwasher tablet, milk, um,
10: soy sauce. Um, yeah, I can't give any more
3: either. Goodness me! You started very slow, and then you went off like the clappers, and and you were going. You've done fantastic. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen.
2: Oh, cheers,
3: yeah, Cheers. Well, well done. You've got some memory.
2: Well, I don't know. If I was going to the shop with at
3: least the five things I <laughs> <bring at one>. <laughs> <laughs> Te- tell the wife you're taking over uh, the shopping let me just bring <laughs> sorry, sorry about that Marie well beaten by Donald in, yeah, in Boerbui alright thanks, thanks a million alright um, uh, Donald congratulations to you you've won a 100 euro Dano Centre gift voucher and a 50 euro Dano's Maxall gift card have fun spending it alright thanks, thanks a million bye bye no. Donald Buckley in Boabwe. we'll do it all over again tomorrow your chance uh, to uh, win uh, thanks to Dano Centre and Maxwell Small Glen mallow They are celebrating 30 years serving the community. OK, you can stop texting us, obviously, on our competition for today. We will do it again tomorrow. But if you have a gardening question, can you get it in? Because Peter Dowdell will be joining us in the final, uh, in a couple of minutes to wrap up the programme. So if you've got a gardening question, 1850 333 And let me take a final look at some of the... Uh, calls and comments coming in still people talking about and exercised about the budget John in Cove says I feel it was a giveaway budget for the old age pensioners says John they got their 5 euro extra a week they got an extra week on the fuel allowance and the 50 cent off prescriptions charges only for people over the age of 70. Old age pensioners seem to have all the freebies says John. What about younger families? Could they not take away some of the freebies from the older people like free travel free electricity and invest it in health and education? It is the younger families that need most of the money now and they certainly didn't get it from yesterday's budget Now I can imagine older listeners, John, will be very, very annoyed with you. But I also know on the other side... There will be families that squeezed middle, the families who seem to be paying out for everything and get nothing for free, nothing coming their way, made very little out of yesterday's uh, budget. I think there will be a number of people uh, will agree with you, but we'll end up dividing listeners, I think, on that one. That's John in Cove. Jonan from Moyes says, the lady from Age Action uh, Corona gave the impression that everybody who got uh, the the revised pension, the revised rate of pension in 2012 would be reviewed with this 20-year credit. I rang Age Action and in my case, they said to me, it's only for people who got their pension from September and there, and September thereafter. I was three months too early for this. Oh, good God. Yeah, I'm still trying to get clarity on... You see, they've done a review. That's what's happened. There's a review been done on people who got the different, the lower pension in twenty. 12 and the review of the social insurance records has kicked off and obviously they've put rules and regulations in place on that, that's very very disappointing uh, Joan but at least you know, you now know you're not going to be getting the back money because there's a lot of people that are expecting to get it and may not get it, so I think you've been very sensible in contacting Age Action just to get clarity on your individual case but certainly uh, not good news for you uh, Thanks for your call 1850 Some more of your texts uh, in. Uh, Sandy says when the government talk About helping the homeless and reducing the building costs. They speak about making millions of euro available, which everybody expects to solve the solution and then they go on to praise the TDs. However, do people realise that the building materials have a VAT rate of 23%? It's the same VAT rate as sweets and chocolates and luxury goods, which doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? So the idea is that that the government will put all this money into building houses. What did I hear? €2.3 billion to be spent on the housing programme and €1.25 billion to be spent to deliver 10,000 new social houses for next year, for 2012. So you can straight away, going on that logic, 23% of that money will go straight back to the government, which really doesn't make a lot of sense, uh, does it? And on the cigarettes, sorry now, says a texter, the f- cigarettes went up overnight. Why can't the €5 euro that they're talking about giving us next March, why can't that go up uh, overnight. Also you've had some politicians speaking at the moment. Could you ever get, tell them to get on to the council and make sure that they don't put our rent up by 5 euro which they did last year. So as soon as we got our increase it went straight out in rent which means there was no increase for some of us on social welfare who are also living in a council house. And Michael says absolutely delighted to hear that the Christmas bonus is back and it's back in full. The full 100%. Michael sa- says I'm bipolar and I suffer from diabetes, I worked hard all my life, I paid all of my taxes and now because of ill health in in a situation where I have to rely on social welfare so that bonus, Christmas bonus payment is most most welcomed and delighted uh, for it. And have we won uh, just a final one here? The Minister for Finance didn't do anything for stay at home. Oh, that's the pension one. I've already dealt with that. My apologies. Uh, Patricia Mary Robinson going vegan and carbon tax in this country is a joke. At present, do you know there are 24 coal burning power stations being built in uh, China Says Dan, and they are yeah, they are really the countries that we need to. to, This country like China and India, with a huge population basis, are the country that we need really need to get working when it comes to climate change. And a quick mention because this text came in earlier from a Flower and Garden Club. They're hosting a gardening talk with D J Murphy tomorrow Thursday at Coolcarrow House at eight o'clock. With a large selection of plants will be available, and all visitors are welcome. And that leads us nicely into taking a break, and we'll be back with with Peter Dowdle answering your gardening questions after these
1: Cork today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow it's family run so your loved one will feel at home see breedhaven.ie C103
3: Peter Dowdle the Irish gardener uh, joining us uh, good afternoon to you Peter good
9: afternoon Trish. how are you uh,
3: on a wonderful mild day. I mean we're looking at we could hit 21 degrees in some areas this afternoon in, in the middle of, of October it's unprecedented unbelievable
9: I go into that can I congratulate you on your recent nomination and continued success and I hope you had a great evening. At we the did we, we, we
3: did we mightn't have won but we got nominated and that that was fantastic so it was Absolutely. a great night out. Okay so, yeah. so wonderful so it's warm birthday.
9: weather Unbelievable and uh, today's my birthday Trish. Happy birthday Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so it's lovely to have such fine weather on my birthday it's like a summer's day normally my birthday is it's windy and rainy so I'm really enjoying the weather today it's gorgeous and uh, I've had some interesting pictures sent in to me on Facebook and on emails during the week, like one in particular of a, of an apple tree uh, where, where the gentleman who sent it to me, he said he's never seen this before. The, the, the tree is obviously full of apples, but it's also now it got blossom on it. Goodness. At the man. same time. I've never seen it before. Blossom and fruit at the same time in an apple tree, yeah.
3: So nature's even getting a bit confused.
9: It is confused. The seasons are topsy turvy again.
3: Actually, I noticed in my garden I have... Um, just a few of those uh, red hot pokers which I absolutely love and they're, they're 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 gorgeous and they normally flower at the end of August and, and they're, they're, still o- in full bloom. they're only flowering now they they flowered very late this year
9: or oh, maybe the drought. Actually, well, the drought. Yeah, the drought probably did slow them down. Yeah, I was yeah, wondering. are you're, so you're getting it now. Later, which is right. great. Yeah, that's great no, to have it now. It's great colour still
3: out. Okay, Chris from Skibbereen has contacted us. Chris says I have nettles growing in my back garden in a small patch that I used to grow vegetables in. They're getting bigger and they're starting to take over. What is the best way to get rid of them and get rid of them permanently? And is there a better time of the year to do it? If you are recommending weed killer, please note we have two dogs.
9: Okay, well, Chris may or may not like my answer, and that is no, I'm, I'm for, for something like that, I certainly wouldn't be recommending weed Killer. Uh, the best, the safest way and the best way of getting rid of them um, is to get out there with a shovel and a, a fork and a pair of strong gloves that go halfway up your arm so you don't get stung by the nettles, uh, and take them out by hand. Uh, the reason I say that is, number one, because it's they're hoping to grow fruit and vegetables. Uh, they have two small dogs, perhaps small children. I wouldn't use any chemical anywhere near it because you're going to be eating the produce from that soil. Um, so I absolutely wouldn't use any weed killer. Getting out there by hand, and a lot of the weed killers, again, won't, will not uh, systemic, barring glyphosate, which has been Roundup, up in a lot of them. Uh, a, a lot of them won't kill the roots of the net, just kill the foliage. You'll have the problem again next year. So you're poisoning the soil and not fixing it. Best way to do it. And it's not you know, provided, as the fella says, you're suited and booted, you have the safety gloves on, you're not going to get stung. They're not that difficult to get out. Go in with a shovel or a fork, lift them. Now, the only thing is with the nettles, the nettle roots can be quite rubbery, quite springy. So if you pull them, they'll snap. So I would loosen the soil around it. So you make sure you're getting all the roots of it out. But that, you know, it, it, as I say, provided you have the right gloves on, it's, You'll it's, be okay. it's a relatively
3: easy job. it be a good exercise for the day. Billy and yes. Bandon, and I'm assuming this is to do with the weather. I've got roses that are budding at the moment. Should I cut them or let them grow ahead?
9: Absolutely. Do not cut them. No. You would just, let let them come into flower. Enjoy them. Even if it's November, enjoy them. Enjoy them all the more if it's November. Uh, I certainly wouldn't. Now, they could open and we could get then hit by a frost But what harm? cut them then. Uh, equally we might get a my roses are looking fantastic in the garden at the moment. It's, uh, they're every bit as good as they are in June. I trimmed them back uh, uh, towards the end of the summer, but they're coming on again now, and they're in full bloom. They're really looking stunning. And it's not unheard of at all to have some flower on your roses during Christmas. Uh, they won't be looking stunning at Christmas, no matter what the weather, I would say. But not you unheard might get of some flower, flower. Colour, yeah. And, and leave it, I would say, Trish, till to February any time before the end of February to give them their, their annual pruning
3: Okay Nora's in Bishopstown. she's on the other line with a question afternoon to you Nora
9: afternoon Patricia you, you
3: have a question for Peter off you go
9: yes
6: hi. good afternoon Peter hello Nora yes I've spoken to you before uh, you told me I should put lime on uh, hydrangea to keep the colour going from pink to blue what I want to know is what time should I apply it what time of the year
9: yeah well the the, the hydrangeas you are absolutely right now that they they do need an alkaline soil, so if you have acid soil, you need to add lime to keep them pink and um, I wouldn't really be doing it at this time of the year no, You'd start no. start next year in March do it, march, do it right. in march March yeah. and maybe another application later in the summer before blooming. That should be the time.
6: right, now the second question, if you have time, please yeah um what is the correct time, or is it too late this autumn to plant a new plant, Acer or red Hot pokers? In, no, it's
9: certainly. It's, sorry, go on. It's a
6: new soil, you know, in a
9: yeah, new garden. Yeah. yeah. Fine time of year to to be planting, Nora. Nora it, like autumn is traditionally the time of year that we do plant everything. The reasons are that the temperatures now. This this autumn is a bit exceptional, but the, the, mm. the temperatures are still warm. The soil is still warm. So the plants get a chance to establish in that soil nicely before the worst of the winter and then they're well-established before they come into growth next spring. So autumn is the best time to do any of that planting.
6: Yeah, do uh, acers, you know, the bushy type, do they lose their leaves?
9: Do all they they they? do, yeah? Don't don't let that put you off though, they're stunning. Even when they're they're gorgeous,
6: there's one now in a local uh, place at the moment, it's lovely. That's put me on to it, actually.
3: Happy gardening, Nora. Thank Thank you for that. Actually, somebody says, What's the name of the big trees? They're purple at the moment, they look like ash trees.
9: If the person that is like that's a pretty general one, but if the person is referring, and they very possibly are. Uh, to the ones on the Mallow Road, the Cork Mallow Road. Yeah. I was up there with you two weeks ago, Trish, and I was admiring that the autumn colour this year is better than ever because of the long hot summer. And so far, we haven't had too much wind to, to blow it off. But those re- those red trees on the, the Mallow Road are stunning, mahogany red, and they are a type of ash. They're called the claret ash. They're beautiful, They're stunning. Now, the only problem is you won't be able to buy them because of ash dieback disease over the last number of years. The, the trade in ash trees is they're not allowed to be sold at the moment until we get on top of the disease I think that won't be too much longer but, um, but a carrot ash
3: yes called. and somebody just text back in saying yeah they're the ones okay Theresa and Barry Rowe I have hydrangea which are doing well they're in pots outside my front door but they're doing so well that they're growing too big for the pots uh, so can I remove them is now the right time to do that
9: Yes, you can remove them, right, and whether you're putting them into the ground uh, or the open ground or into a bigger pot, they will they will thank you because they are quite relatively vigorous and they, they will outgrow their pot pretty quickly. Um, when you're taking something out of a pot, Chris, there's very little, if any, root disturbance. So really the time of year isn't that important. So I would say uh, if you're not going to be disturbing the roots, in other words, if the whole root ball comes out in one, one ball, then yeah, you could do that now and into a bigger pot or into the ground now.
3: Okay, a couple of people want to wish you a happy birthday. Thank you for that for people. I'll try, but there's so many questions coming in. I'll try to get through them. What's the best way to store uh, cooking apples, Pat and Mallow?
9: This is a question, obviously, we get at this time of the year every year. Uh, And in, in days gone by, in the old big houses, as the fella says, they had apple storage rooms. And I've seen some of them. And the way they're stored, they're on wooden trays, but there's a little you know, there might be 30 little holes in each tray, and they're, they're holes just to stop the apple from moving. The trick with storing apples is that they don't touch each other. So you can store them somewhere cool and dry. Now, if there aren't too many listeners, I would suggest you have apple storage houses in their gardens, mm. but uh, for, for the rest of us mere mortals, uh, you you can keep them in a garden shed or a garage or somewhere like that, somewhere cool and dry, but don't. Don't have them touching each other because the rot, if one of them rots, they'll all rot within 24 hours. So maybe wrap them in newspaper or something like that to isolate each other from, from
3: Didn't the other. somebody one year say that they buried him in sand?
9: I think so. Yes, yeah. a bucket of sand or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and and it kept them apart too, from each say. other. Yeah, something like that. But just keeping them apart is the trick and, and not too warm.
3: Okay and someone has tomatoes Hi Peter What should I do with tomatoes They are green um, and are not ripening I have ripened some on the windowsill at the moment And they're lovely What do I do with the other ones
9: Well we had this question last week as well Trish And I would say if they're indoors in a polyton or a glass house I would leave them Leave them ripen on the vine Leave them on The temperatures are still fine If they're outdoors It's kind of touch and go at the moment Because the weather is gorgeous But I think it I mean looking out there now today It's it's clear, clear skies, we, we must see a drop in temperature tonight, so if they're outdoors, I would be careful at the moment in which case maybe bring them in and maybe you have no choice but to ripen all of them on the windowsill or as we've discussed before into, into a, a fruit bowl or a, or a paper bag with a banana and that the magic of the banana will also work. It
3: cer- plate plate. certainly works. Hi Peter, happy birthday to you! Says this texture, Could you ask Peter what's the best bird feeder to get for small birds? I always have a problem with the crows and the starlings getting at it. You have this trick with the
9: hanging basket, hanging
3: baskets. Yeah,
9: yeah. The, well, uh, to, to answer the question first, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what's the best one in terms of a brand. There are many of them out there that are squirrel proof and crow proof um, that will work quite well. But yeah, if you get just a normal. A normal bird feeder, Trish, and hang it. And i uh, if 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 you kind of t- for, to, to try and illustrate it, tie two hanging baskets together so that it looks like a globe, and hang the the bird feeder inside that. So then the small birds can get through the wire hanging basket, but the big birds can't. And that's a that's a great DIY way of of not having to buy another another bird feeder, So using the bird feeders you have, but still keeping the, the the bigger birds and squirrels away.
3: OK, um, I'm just, there's so many questions. Um, I, I'm almost feeling I need to bur- burst forth into song with this. Um, how can I plant tulips from Amsterdam um, outside? Can I do it now? Because it's a lovely day. That's from Anne. You
9: know, it would have been no harm. If we had burst into song, we would have yeah. added to it. But you could plant them now. Now is the time, obviously, for planting all spring bulbs off September, October onwards. However, I feel with tulips, You wait till the temperatures drop because there are some diseases which do affect tulip bulbs and insects which eat tulip bulbs in the soil, and they they die off when the temperatures go below freezing. So, I actually normally don't plant my tulips till December or even January. So, if you want to plant, some now do but why not stagger them plant some now and some maybe in 3 or 4 weeks time and then some more in another 3 or 4 weeks time because then of course you get staggered flowering as well they don't all flower at the one time you have flower over a succession of weeks in the spring
3: then as well and that's a lovely thing to go away and bring the bulbs back with you and, and oh, plant lovely. them when you get home it's lovely. fantastic ok how do I get rid of a lot of ivy overtaking the garden says Joanne it has white flower white flower Ivy I wonder,
9: with a white it's, flower? It's it's not ivy. No, not ivy, with
3: you know, a white like flower.
9: Something like a wild clematis or something. Maybe send a photograph into to John Paul or send it to myself on Facebook, the Irish Gardener, and we'll have a look at it. And if I don't get to it, I'll certainly get back to it next week with you, Trish.
3: Okay, all right, and a busy time, and it's it's nice to be out in the garden with the weather so wonderful, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just
9: as gorgeous. It's gorgeous. No, yeah, next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend. For, if there's anybody in Dublin or anybody listening from Dublin, I'll be speaking in the RDS on Friday, Saturday, Sunday next week. That's the nineteenth, twenty-first. So, anybody who's around, we'd like to see some friendly cork faces up at the RDS next weekend. And this weekend coming, uh, I won't be involved, but just to just to put a shout out, the Community Gardens of Ireland are having their autumn gathering in County Clare. This will be a great occasion. It's on Saturday and Sunday, this Saturday and Sunday. Uh, they're going to Scarriff Community Garden, Irish Seed Savers, and Moyhill Community Farm. It's All the information is on Community Gardens Ireland's Facebook page and their own website great organisation and that will be a great weekend trip for anybody who's interested
3: okay have a lovely week we'll talk to you next Wednesday thanks for that and thanks enjoy the rest you. of your birthday bye bye uh, that's Peter Dowdell the IrishGardener.com, joining us on these birthdays not he very kind thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing Nick Riches is with you for the afternoon and we're back with you tomorrow morning at 10 I'm Patricia Messenger. a very good afternoon
1: Cork today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow it's family run so your loved one will feel at home see breedhaven.ie